Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the GEO Podcast. And in today's episode, I've got a special treat. I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Dr. Chris Spencer, an amazing field geologist. And we're going to talk about how he got into geoscience and why it's important. So let's do it. Well, I'd like to introduce my friend Chris, who is joining us today to talk about how he got involved in geoscience and why it's important. So welcome, Chris. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Well, uh, as Gaz said, my name is uh, Chris Spencer. Um, I am an assistant professor uh, in the Department of Geological Sciences and Geological Engineering at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Um, and uh, although I'm, I'm living now in Canada, I uh, have spent uh, a substantial amount of time uh, outside of North America, um, lived in Scotland and England, uh, in India, in Africa, and most recently in Western Australia. So, Chris, um, tell us, like, I, I know a lot about the things that you do, and Chris and I have spent time together, and for those people that listen to this podcast, you know I'm always pushing our trips, and Chris's. Uh, one of the leaders who we've run um, a trip with into into uh, the Alps, uh, European Alps, which was just fantastic. We've just been waxing lyrical together about how wonderful a trip it was. Um, but I don't know whether I've ever actually really asked you this question, Chris, and that was what was your pathway to getting into geoscience? Like how did you get interested in geoscience to start with? Yeah, um, my uh, I, I grew up in in a small town in southern Utah, and uh, and so I like to to tell people that I was born a geologist. That uh, uh, being surrounded by mountains uh, and growing up camping and rock climbing and uh, really feeling comfortable, most comfortable in in the mountains, um, it was just kind of a natural thing for me to to become a geologist. And uh, when uh, when I was in high school, I was not doing very well. I was a terrible student, uh, and I uh, I then came across a, a class in geology, and I thought, all right, I'll, I'll try this. I'll try this geology thing, and um, and I fell absolutely head over heels for for uh, geology. Um, my geology teacher was a, a former exploration geologist for a company called ESSO, which was uh, which I guess is now a subsidiary of Exxon. Um, and at the time, um, this this uh, exploration geologist was focused on um, creating a geologic map of of Africa, of the entire continent. Like that was that was his job. And so he had some of the most amazing stories and photographs and, and experiences um, that that really really excited me about becoming becoming a geologist. And I. Uh, and I, I kind of decided, all right, I'm going to finish high school. I'm going to go get a two-year degree, and then I'm going to go be a mud logger, a, a roughneck on an on an oil rig. And uh, when Mr. Clark, my my teacher, asked me uh, about my plans after high school, and I told him, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a roughneck. I'm gonna go work on an oil rig. Um, he said he said no, that that would be a terrible decision. Um, you uh, you should you should pursue. Um, a real college degree, not just not just a short two-year degree um, at our local community college, but you should go to university. And uh, and through um, 
a lot of uh, challenges and, uh, and difficulty. I got accepted to a university in Utah uh, and I did my bachelor's and master's at Brigham Young University. And uh, then uh, during that time, um, again, I just, uh, I love being in the mountains. I love being outside. And, uh, and, and it was pretty clear that, that being a geologist was, was the right thing for me. Uh, but towards the end of my master's degree, I was uh, I was offered a job with a petroleum company, and and I thought, hey, this is great. That even though I, I would be hired not as a, a roughneck, but as as a project geologist, um, I uh, I couldn't help worry that I was then going to spend my career in an office, and uh, and so after talking to some other petroleum geologists and and trying to wrap my head around what they do on a day to day basis. Um, I decided that it just wasn't for me. And so I, uh, I decided to pursue a PhD and uh, moved across the, uh, the ocean to Scotland where I finished a PhD in uh, tectonics uh, at the University of St. Andrews. Um, after I finished my PhD, I worked with the uh, British government at the Geological Society, the, the British Geological Society, or, excuse me, the British Geological Survey um, and, uh, and worked there for a couple of years and then uh, went to Western Australia and uh, lived in uh, Western Australia for five years as a as research fellow at uh, Curtin University. And now you've moved back to North America um, during this crazy times. So yeah. Tell us, uh, like, what are you teaching um, back now? You're back in North America. Yeah. So um, my my position at Queens is a uh, is a geodynamics position, and so so I teach about large-scale geodynamics and tectonics, um, how uh, the different spheres of the Earth interact with one another, so how the core interacts with the mantle, how the mantle interacts with the crust, and then even how the crust interacts with the biosphere and the atmosphere. And, uh, and so I do a lot of work um, on trying to understand large-scale global processes, but, uh, but also I have an expertise in geochronology and geochemistry. And so I apply geochemistry and geochronology to understand uh, small-scale processes, trying to understand how fault systems work, how volcanic systems work. And uh, the goal is to then take um, those, the understanding of those small-scale processes and then help that, uh, under, help that inform our understanding of the large-scale global processes. So, Chris, you... What would you describe your sort of speciality then? Because, you know, there's a lot in that. That's basically understanding the entire planet. Um, so what, what is your thing? What's the thing that you love to do the most? Um, well, I guess, first and foremost, I, I love doing field work. Uh, that is that all of, the, all of the science questions that I try to address are rooted in field work and sample collection. Um, but uh, I, I spend a lot of time in, in the laboratories uh, working with uh, geochemical analytical techniques. Um, and, uh, and there's a funny word that I like to use to describe what I do, and that's tectonochemistry. And, and so I uh, use geochemistry to address tectonic problems. Um, but the, the, the current state of geoscience is really, it really requires us to integrate um, lots of different fields, lots of different disciplines. And so anymore, uh, 
if we're going to really change the way we understand the earth, we need to become interdisciplinary scientists. And so I work with biologists and geneticists and atmospheric chemists, uh, and then also with physicists and, uh, and geodynamicists to understand from large scale to small scale, uh, understanding biology all the way to then understanding rock mechanics and rock physics. Uh, fascinating, Chris, and I didn't even know the depth of of this, folks. So um, funny what you learn when you actually ask your friends questions. So, Chris, what? Why is the work that you do sort of important for humankind? Why is it important for society? Well, I guess there, there's there's two aspects to this, and uh, I guess the the most tangible um, aspect of my work that that benefits society is. Um, training the next generation of earth scientists and and the work that I do has in many ways specific uh, application towards um, helping us helping us find mineral resources and helping us uh, understand where where those mineral resources can be found and how much of them are in particular locations uh, and then how can we responsibly use them um, for uh, for the advanced technological society that we live in and uh, and so the 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 axiom of uh, economic geology is if you can't grow it, you have to mine it. And and there's there's a lot of baggage with um, with mining that uh, we we see lots of news reports about how dangerous mining is, how dirty mining is, how it how it pollutes the planet. Um, but I think that we need to also remember that. Uh, right now, you and I are having this conversation on on uh, technological devices that have um, lithium and neodymium in the batteries. Uh, it's where, where we've got silica screens, we've got uh, aluminium in our computers, uh, and and so all of those things that make our advanced technological society possible um, come from the ground they 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 have to be mined and so it is it is our responsibility not only to make sure we we have enough of these resources to keep our technologically advanced society going but also so that we can extract them in um a, an economically responsible way a socially responsible way um, and also an environmentally responsible way and so uh, so the work that I do with uh, teaching students and preparing them for the workforce, uh, I, I, I believe, is an important contribution to society. But then there's the other the other aspect of what I do, and, and that is um, that is simply uh, hoping that I can provide some knowledge to enrich um, the the understanding of the earth, to enrich society in terms of knowledge, and I. Uh, I, I believe that the the pursuit of knowledge just for the sake of curiosity is a very important part of our society. And uh, and I, I've, I've heard it said that you knew that the Roman civilization was in decline when they canceled the circus. And and so having a circus was um, a a sign of opulence. It was a sign that they could they could move on from just worrying about where they were going to get their next meal or or defending themselves from the barbarians, but that they could actually start start now worrying about entertainment and worrying about the the, the luxuries of life. And I think in in a very similar way, our opportunity to 
spend our time just learning um, is is uh, a privilege, and I think it's a privilege that we really need to take advantage of. And so, um, what what I try to do, um, not only as as a professor, but also um, with uh, my organization, my science outreach organization, traveling geologist, is to um, disseminate earth science research to the public and try to get uh, people excited about earth science and um, and. I guess encourage people to um, seek after knowledge and new information just for the sake of their own of satisfying their own curiosity. Well, thanks, Chris. And and as you know, Geo etc. has a similar goal, and that's why I think you and I are good friends. And yes, um, we take people out into the field. So um, as I mentioned earlier, we had a trip to Italy to. Uh, look at a collision zone um, in plate tectonics and we have a trip next year in 2021 to go and visit volcanoes in Italy, uh, Etna and Stromboli and um, and uh, up to Vesuvius and we both had that same passion of wanting to take people out to fulfill their curiosity about what these places are like and for those of you listening who are school teachers you know, I really want to be able to um, make you so enthusiastic that when you get back into your classroom and you're having to teach about plate tectonics or volcanoes or any other geoscience topic, you're doing so with personal experience of what these look like in the field. And I think that's really important. But for now, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Chris Spencer. And I really appreciate you being the first person that we've interviewed on the Geo podcast. So that's it for this episode, and I hope that you enjoyed this new format where we go and talk to practicing geoscientists to find out how they actually got involved in geoscience and why it's important. But if you want more information, you know where to find us. We're at geoetc.com. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com. And we'd love you to become a teacher member of the site so you get full access to all of the resources Or come and join us on a field trip that we run every year. Next year, Iceland, Australia and the volcanoes of Italy. But for now, keep on rocking.